This is In the Arena, the Colorado Concern podcast that explores the intersection of business and politics. I'm your host, Mike Kopp. Well, I'm so pleased to be joined by Rick Sapkin, a longtime board member and member of Colorado Concern, has been active in the Denver and Colorado business community for many, many years. Rick and I have known each other for at least the past 15 years or so and have worked on several issues together. It's been my good fortune to be able to work with Rick. And Rick has been tapped by the governor to head up the Colorado COVID Relief Fund. And it's doing tremendous work here in the state of Colorado. And Rick, I really want to just commend you for taking this on and and say welcome to you. And I'd like to uh, have you walk us through a little bit of um, the background on how this fund was put together and what the thinking is. Well, Mike, thank you. And obviously, these are, are challenging times for everyone in Colorado. And Governor and uh, Lisa Kaufman, his chief of staff, looked very early on with this COVID virus. And they have really tried to be on the forefront and realized, even with the CARES Act that was approved by Congress, that there were going to be incredible needs throughout the community. So they asked myself and Roxanne White, uh, former Governor Hickenlooper's chief of staff, to put together a committee and put together a team of people that would raise money to provide relief for those people who have been impacted, those organizations that did not have other places to collect their money from the federal or state government. I know that you've got a number of concerned members and other business community leaders that are involved in this. Could you just give us a little bit of a rundown as to who some of your partners in the effort are and how it's structured? Right. The way it's structured, and we have an executive leadership committee that oversees the fundraising and coordination allocation of dollars. We have a a job description that we work closely with the governor's office. We're working with Danielle Alavito who is Deputy Chief of Staff, who is fabulous. So we have, we have a number of people. We have uh, Barb Grogan, uh, Christine Bonero, United Way, who has been our partner on the uh, processing, Cole Finnegan, Dick Momford, uh, Brad Feld, Kent Theory, Norm Brownstein, Tim Gill, Sylvia Young, Karen McNeil-Miller, and that's just the executive committee. So it's really been amazing to see all of these people come together to work on behalf of fellow Coloradoans who are being so dramatically impacted by this COVID-19. Well, I've been really amazed at the progress that you all have made in such a short period of time. Um, would you tell us about when the fund was established as an idea, as a concept, and uh, give us a little bit of the progress that you've made just in the few short weeks uh, that you've been undertaking this and where you are now? You know, it's uh, hard to remember the days turn into weeks and the days feel like weeks, but we started this fund just over three weeks ago. This Monday, we were at $9.6 million. We've had, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? We, what's really amazing is on our website, we have over a million dollars raised by individuals. 
a million dollars. The average contribution is $177. We have eight and a half, 8.6. We have received donations from over 54 counties throughout Colorado. But our job is far from done. I mean, we, we really have a lot of work ahead of us. I mean, this is just the beginning and, and we have put this money to work. The first round was submitted Saturday night. There were 1,177 submissions, 687 for impact and 252 for prevention. They were asking over 21 million in eligible requests, which tells you, as I said, we're just approaching 10 million, which we'd like to get to by this weekend, but we have a long way to go to help those Coloradans being impacted. Rick, is the money principally going to organizations to, to help local communities, or are you doing individual grants as well? Well, when you see individual, it's, it, it's going to, you know, whether it's food banks, whether it's homeless shelters, healthcare services, education, uh, early child care, you know, anything such as those things, you know, we're trying to get those groups and, and I have a, a full package that I can send you that shows all of what people are asking and what organizations they're looking for to, uh, to try and get money to. And, and as I mentioned to you earlier, in order to get the money spread throughout the state, we have, we have set up committees to review this and they're just inundated with requests. So they have a whole system and, and it's just been, it's amazing how many people are really spending the time, roll up their sleeves and, and, and evaluate the, these requests to get to these different organizations. And the maximum is $25,000, but $25,000 goes a long way to a lot of these people. Yeah. Yeah. One of the amazing things about all of this is I just reflect on the work that people like you and others in the community are doing to react to this, respond to this and, and begin to get ahead of it is just the inventiveness and the speed uh, with which people have moved and risen to the occasion. And I think in many respects, there will be a fairly flattering history written about this period of time in terms of our response. I think there's a lot of good not to get too much into existing uh, public policy that was in place. I, I think there's a lot to be learned from what we did not have in place as a society, but the response has been tremendous. And I, I'm just really proud of our affiliation, reckon the way that you've been called into this by the state's senior executive to be a big part of this. And the distance that you've traveled in such a short period of time is Pretty amazing, $10 million almost. Is it fair to say that now that the CARES Act is out, now that the individual uh, checks are going out, unemployment insurance and all of those things are in the works, so is it fair to say that this is kind of a, a gap filling mechanism? Like, like there's just not enough resource coming from the state as a government or uh, the federal government to, is that the right way to look at it? Yes. I mean. Here's the thing, you know, the CARES Act provides a lot of a lot of help. It it it, it needs a lot more money, which people are going to see. Uh, and we've been working, I've been working uh, on the small business side for that for our business in general. And uh, it doesn't cover the things that that this you know, help Colorado now uh, what we what we were set up to do. And, and and what I mean by that is, you know, we're looking at. You know, we, we look at the organization type, we look at the population served, 
and then we look at our three priority areas, prevention, impact, and recovery. And so that doesn't necessarily get covered in, so, in something like this. So as I, as I stated earlier, you have the nonprofit organizations, you have local governments, school districts, you know, and then small businesses who are, you know, kind of funding the crisis that have been interrupted and doing things that can apply for this. So the need that this group has is statewide, you know, by getting to all of the counties, by being able to reach all the people, not everyone knows how to go get money. And we try and help those. And we're putting stuff on our website that allows them to understand there are places in the federal government, just like the checks that are coming to the individuals, just like the small business, uh, the PPP, guide them to the right places. There are things that just don't get covered. And there it's immigrants, uh, minimum or low wage employees, older adults that don't, you know, that are living on low income, disabilities. There's also uh, child care closures that we have to deal with when you have those people on the front lines that are working on this. Where, where do they put their children when they go to work? I mean, we need these people to go to work, right? So long right. answer, but yeah. but yeah, filling these gaps that are just every day, we, as I said, we, and we, we have applications for over $21 million. We got to get to the prevention side. We got to get impact. You know, those are things that we need. You know, we'll get to recovery down the road, hopefully sooner rather than later. But, you know, we need to deal with prevention and impact right now. So, Well, it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, one of the first things that will go away for many, at least for businesses and individuals that are on the bubble, will be some of their charitable giving if, if they've lost their margin and their ability to do that. On the other hand, you've seen some really dramatic gifts come in. Are you at liberty to describe any of the? There have been some tremendous gifts. I will tell you that the uh, Colorado Health Foundation has been amazing with a seven-figure gift. The Denver Broncos have been amazing with a, a half-million-dollar gift, and, and there are so many more. So uh, we've had a number of $100,000 gifts, 250 Without having the list in front of me, I'll name some people and I'll forget some people. So the outreach and, and the people that are, that are willing to give, that understand this really covers the whole state. This isn't just the metro area. It's been amazing. Well, getting back to where we started, a Colorado Concern extension effort, in a sense. We are a statewide organization. Rick, what do people in Colorado Concern and other people listening need to do to uh, make a contribution here? What do, they, what do they have to access? Website, the easiest way to go? Yeah, the website, helpcoloradonow.org. And then you can go to the relief fund uh, is probably the easiest way. I think it'd be great. A lot of businesses out there, you know, as I said, it doesn't sound like a lot, but, but these organizations get $25,000. And we've had a lot of people that have given $25,000 you're really, you're helping a whole organization. You're, you're helping a bunch of people. It, this, this will pass. We will get through this. But this next 60, 90 days is going to be tremendously difficult. How can we, you hear all the time, stay at home, which is so critical, bend the curve, all those things. Well, we got to bend the curve for these people as well. We got, we got to take that stress level off the table for them so that they can go and, and continue to live their lives. So yeah, I, what I'd like is uh, we had a call with the governor last week, which I thought was fabulous. 
And if we could send something out to all of our members, Mike, so that they know where to give, how to give, it would be fabulous. So thank you. Yes, that you're welcome. That's uh, going to go along with this podcast, so people will get both in one package. Um, Rick, can will you be available for people that would like to visit with you, uh, maybe about directing their gifts or if they have particular questions? Could you make yourself available to them? Absolutely, and we could even host a a call from the governor's office. We have Danielle Alavito, deputy chief of staff. We have Kate Siegel, who has come over, and she is working on the fundraising. Laura Warren is helping, which is just fabulous. And obviously, I have Roxanne, uh, my co-chair, and then all the other members of the of the committees. But yes, I I would be more than available. We can go through. You know, we're not doing as many directed gifts because we're, we've got so many committees set up for people to review that we're trying to make sure that we get this spread throughout the state. As you can imagine, if there's something that really needs addressing, then we will make sure that that money gets there. But they got to fill out the forms and do the application. We need to, we need to be clear that we have to treat every, every applicant the same way. That's great. And this is, this is a charitable contribution. Correct. And uh, yes, is it direct, is it going essentially through United Way and then through United Way to this? Yeah. United Way is our sponsor. I think it goes to United Way, checks made to them, it goes into a separate fund. And then uh, uh, there's a process that we've set up that allows the entire application process. There's committees that have been set up and, and so forth so that we know where everything is going. Well, it's great what you're doing, Rick. We really appreciate your leadership. And before we let you go, if you could give us the website one more time and, and we'll just continue to, to promote this effort and this outreach. HelpColoradoNow.org uh, is the website. And we, we could use as much money as everyone could give because we, we, <laughs> we need money. You know, it's, uh, we, we got to do it. So HelpColoradoNow.org. Uh, and it will show you where to give, how to give of your time if you want. Very, very, very important that everyone pitch in and help. It's terrific. Thank you, Rick. We appreciate all you're doing. Thanks for your time today. Hey, Mike, thank you. And thank you for everything you're doing. And, and thank you for everyone who listened today and understands the importance of making Colorado a leader in, in taking care of all its citizens. So thank you. Thanks for listening to the In the Arena podcast with Colorado Concern. I hope you'll subscribe so you can stay informed on the intersection of business and politics in Colorado. 